What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. Andrew Ivins joined, as always, by David Lake. Coming to you um, January 12th. It is Tuesday morning. Uh, David, got a lot to get into. I know you constructed the outline for this podcast. Going to talk about coaching hires, transfer portal. It's like peak offseason right now for Miami. We want Bama. You ready? Next up, let's go. Uh, what did you? I'm assuming you watched the title game on Monday night. Just, of just your, your your thoughts. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's 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 obvious to see how Alabama is on another level from the rest of the country uh, in the sport of college football. And you know, all I'll say is this: like, yeah, obviously. Alabama is probably going to lose a ton of guys from this, this year's team. Um, But if I was a Miami fan, I would still pump the brakes on getting hopeful about that season opener. You know, we'll see how that goes, but you know, this is what Nick Saban has been dealing with uh, during this dynasty. He, he deals with a ton of coaching turnover, a ton of roster turnover year to year to year to year. The one constant is Nick Saban winning and Nick Saban winning at a high level. Um, So certainly it'll be a different team uh, that Miami plays against. Um, But, you know, I would have the mindset of expecting a full reload, but you know, it'll be fun. It it definitely gives uh, this current Miami team something to work hard uh, toward during this off season. So I'm here for it. Yeah. I had two lasting images uh from that game the first one was during uh warm-ups i don't know how much pre-game coverage you watch david but there was a graphic that came up on the screen when they're going through starting lineups the entire alabama secondary is from yeah. miami dade or broward county you had pat Sertain at one of the cornerback spots at the safety spots jordan battle and daniel wright and then the other corner was josh job who miami fans know really well um right so like i guess bama's gonna get what bama wants but these are the players kind of you need uh if you want to be playing on the biggest stage and the other other thought i had as the game kind of progressed i started adding up how many of these guys had taken official visits to miami at some point during the recruiting process and i think that number was four or five you had evan neal job battle and certain so all, all those guys Devonte smith the heisman trophy winner i mean any accolade he has he was also supposed to visit take an official visit to miami late uh on the other side of the ball there was uh marcus crowley the running back i think he got a, a few touches but yeah I, I guess a thought is like man miami has been in it in it with these guys but the difference is actually probably landing them oh yeah Coming in second in recruiting is meaningless. Um, there's no difference between coming in second and coming in tenth, right? So, got to win those big time recruiting battles, and that's a transition into into uh, <laughs> I was, big news I was, over the weekend, right? Yeah, I was I was teeing you up for that. That's yeah, that was, yeah. That, that was my lead in. So Miami, you know, officially announced the hiring of defensive backs coach Travaris uh, Travaris Robinson. Uh, who is regarded as one of the the top recruiters 
in South Florida, particularly with defensive backs. Um, what was your, you know, we, we kind of saw this coming, um, but what was your uh, thoughts when, when the announcement was official? Um, it's big, you know. I It seemed like it was trending this way, kind of given how some of the other dominoes were falling and, and where other guys were going. But I think in terms of what Miami needed, uh, they not hit a home run, but this is uh, probably as good as of a hire they were going to get for just a, a secondary coach. Um, and really the one thing he, T Rob, that's what most people call him. You ask kids or, or local high school coaches, they'll, they call him T Rob is recruiting. You know, he is billed as one of the top recruiters. That's kind of his bread and butter. And he's very plugged in uh, across not only the South Florida, but really the entire Sunshine State. And if you go in the 24-7 sports database, you can look at all of the kids he has been credited for over the years. And what really stands out to me is how many recruitments he's been involved with and those guys are currently playing in the NFL. It's, it's a really lengthy list. So I think this is big. He's a good recruiter. We know kind of the Achilles heel for Miami has been cornerback recruiting. I think he has a chance to turn that around. And I think he's going to help them win some other battles at other positions. He doesn't recruit just DBs or that hasn't been the case in the past. And and remember, Miami lost, I would argue, probably their top recruiter in Ephraim Banda. And Banda had a huge region of of Miami-Dade County that he was responsible for. So I think you can plug in T-Rob, maybe kind of redraw some of the lines with the rest of your staff, but he should be able to hit the ground running. And uh, I think if you're a Miami fan, you got to be excited just about the recruiting aspect of all this. Yeah, and just to uh, touch on some names, uh, I guess, of of big-time recruits, Travaris or T-Rob has landed during his career at Florida. He landed five-star cornerbacks like Vernon Hargraves III and Tease Tabor. Uh, And then at South Carolina, he was the primary recruiter for defensive lineman Jordan Birch. Um, And then there's others, you know, top 150 caliber players. While at Florida, he landed Marcel Harris, who was a a big-time safety. Keanu Neal, big-time safety. Uh, Jordan Scarlett, a local running back. J.C. Jackson, um, at Florida as well. So he definitely has a good eye for talent and has the ability to land big time players. I think beyond the recruiting, which, which is true. Um, he does also have a track record of developing. You look at guys like Carlton Davis, um, who coming out of high school was a a borderline four-star caliber player. Uh, Travart or T-Rob landed him, coached him one year at Auburn. I think he was an all SEC freshman uh, freshman team member as a player at Auburn. Three-star Quincy Wilson at Florida. Uh, T-Rob developed him into a second round draft pick. And, you know, you, you look at um, this, this upcoming draft, he took a, a four-star uh, prospect at South Carolina, J.C. Horn, and has developed him into potentially a first-round cornerback. He's 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 kind of on the bubble with that first or second-round pick in terms of the the latest pr- pr- 
projections. So he is a guy that identifies talent well, lands that talent, and has a track record of developing guys into, I mean, honestly, top three round NFL draft picks. And that is something Miami needs, particularly at the cornerback position. I think you said, and it is true, like, I think Efrem Banda did a good job at safety. You know, that's where he mainly focused his attention. He was the safeties coach and co-defensive coordinator, but he mainly recruited a bunch of safeties. Of course, he mainly coached that team. That group is in good shape. It's cornerbacks where the talent level needs to improve via recruiting. And that's where I think we're going to see T-Rob make the biggest impact. Yeah, I, I, I wrote a story on, was it Sunday? So it was the day after. Just reached out to a few local high school coaches, also talked to 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, and just the feedback about T-Rob is, is really positive. Um, Javon Glenn, the head coach at Deerfield Beach, texted me right away, that's my guy. Um, Roger Harriet at St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, thinks he he's going to – you know, is really charismatic. Um, he's been noted he was successful in the area. I mean, he's he's pulled some guys out of out of Aquinas. So he's, like I said, I think he should be able to hit the ground running. Um, my question to you, like, what do you think of him as a coach in terms of developing players? Like, do you think there's going to be a drop off in the secondary um, or, or or what? I, I know you wrote a story kind of about how he is all about the bump and run. Um, Right. Well, he is all about like, he makes it clear, like the style of play he prefers to coach and the type of player he prefers to recruit are cornerbacks that can play, you know, man to man bump and run coverage. Right. Um, But he did make it clear while at South Carolina, you know, if, if we don't have those type of players, we're not going to force them to play that way. Uh, Do I, do I think Miami has those type of players? I'm not sure. Uh, I would probably lean towards no. You know, I, I think a big point of contention with the fan base has to do with the uh, amount of snaps in which the corners are asked to play zone compared compared to man. And I just think that that comes down to skill set with the current uh, group of guys. To me, you know, outside of probably to Corey Couch, and you know, eliminate Marcus Clark and Isaiah Dunson from this conversation because we haven't seen enough of them at the college level. Um, but I think like DJ Ivy, I think Al blades are better suited to be zone corners. Um, whereas to Corey couch does have man coverage ability. Um, so I don't have a big issue with Miami playing a, a coverage scheme that, that is best suited to their personnel. Um, and to me, that's the biggest challenge for T-Rob at Miami, he needs to get the type of cornerback, you know, typically it, it, the best cornerback talent plays man coverage. Um, That's what you want. And so his challenge is to land those types of corners so that Miami can get back to playing more bump and run man type coverage on the back end. Um, How much do you want to spend on T-Rob or or are you ready to transition into more question for you. Okay. All right. So when you're looking at, at 2022, you know, this upcoming cycle, right. Is there, is there a defensive back in the state of Florida where you're like, okay, now that Miami kind of has, has T Rob on staff, 
maybe Miami has a better, a better shot than I would have originally thought uh, with this player. Is it like Kamari Wilson? Oh yeah. Uh, that's yeah. where I would start. And you know, we should point out Gabby Irudia, our, our co- yeah. co- co-worker at inside the U he, he wrote, I think it was 10 names to right. uh, kind of know now that Miami has T Rob. And I thought it was, it was a fair list, but absolutely Kamari Wilson circle him kind of a, uh, as the guy that I think Miami has even a better chance of getting now. Um, Kamari's always spoken highly uh, to me of Manny Diaz and that defensive scheme, but pretty much every interview, he also would bring up T Rob and South Carolina. And I don't know, to me, like a kid from Fort Pierce, he's now at IMG Academy. The fact that they're mentioning South Carolina, I always thought that was a little odd. Um, I'm like, what South Carolina, but T Rob was, was the primary reason. And uh, you know, I, I think some Twitter detectives out there saw that Kamari liked the tweet that showed uh, when Miami formally announced T Rob. So I, I think Miami's definitely not in the driver's seat. I mean, he's a right. he's one of the best safeties in the country, but I think it improves their standing with Kamari. Um, and I, I think that's that's one. And there's there's a school specifically in South Florida, Hallandale High School, where I think Miami could get now whoever they really wanted to out of that school and that's hallandale high school um junior rose green is the defensive coordinator there coach lovitz the the head coach uh but rose green played with um t rob at auburn so there's a tie there in hallandale secondary's got some dudes i actually saw them at a, a seven on seven tryout this past saturday alfonso allen top 24 7 safety Jalen Marshall listed as a safety, maybe more of a hybrid striker type. And then they got two long corners and Edric Weldon and Anthony Rose. So those are all probably power five guys. And now Miami uh, will absolutely be able to get in there. So I think, again, we keep mentioning recruiter, 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 but this should be considered a a good, good get for Miami um, and Manny Diaz's staff. So the next topic, I mean, obviously, after hiring T-Rob, Miami now has two more uh, coaching positions, I guess, to fill. And you had a good post over the weekend kind of highlighting what you hear at that moment, what you were expecting, I guess. You know, tell us, I guess, just what you know or what you believe to be true at this stage um, uh, of the coaching vacancy searches. (laughs) Well, I mean, it seemed like on what Saturday afternoon, everyone was fired. Correct. Seemed like, yeah, there was a bunch of rumors, uh, you know, bouncing around in social media. Um, like, I guess just, we'll just say it like Blake Baker fired, uh, Jonathan Packy fired. Um, I think that's all I saw, but yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what are you expecting at this stage? So we we've been pretty clear. We don't, we didn't think Mike Rumpf was going to come back and we didn't, we don't think Todd Stroud is coming back. So I'm under the impression that Miami really only has to make two more hires in uh, would that be two hires? Yes. Two hires. Yep. Uh, I, I think there's a good chance that DeMarcus Van Dyke is going to stay at Miami, like a really, really good chance. You know, I, I don't know if we said it on the podcast, we definitely wrote about it when Ephraim Banda left for Utah State. 
Um, there was a few off-field guys that instantly went with him. And I had been hearing that DeMarcus Van Dyke was likely headed west as well because he was going to get his own cornerback room. Um, I, I think now the possibility of him becoming the 10th assistant coach for Miami is very real. I don't know what his title would be. Uh, I think he would assist Tavares Robinson. Maybe Tavares Robinson is your secondary coach and, and DeMarcus Van Dyke holds the title of recruiting coordinator slash cornerbacks coach or, or co-cornerbacks coach, but he would, he would work probably with the corners um, and he'd be the 10th assistant and that would allow him to get out on the road and recruit. Now I know it's been what almost nine months since a college coach could go anywhere. Right. So we seem to almost forget about that, but it is important to have guys that can go into living rooms, guys that can get out and evaluate, uh, and, and a lot of people think DeMarcus is, is ready to do that. So I think he, there's a good chance he'll kind of be that 10th assistant. Um, and then with the defensive line coach, I keep hearing the name Jess Simpson come up. And I, I, we've mentioned him in the past, David. Miami fans know him. He was on right. staff at Miami, left to go to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I spent, what, the past two seasons there? Or is it one season? I believe it's two, right? How yeah. long has Todd Stroud been the coach? I don't know. I can't keep two, I believe. Yeah, I yeah. believe it's two. So, so Jess, I think there's a good chance he would return, um, or that's kind of the, the name I've heard more than others. He'd be the defensive line coach, and that's how Miami would kind of round out its staff. Now, I know there's plenty of rumors that, that Blake Baker and Jonathan Packey are out from what I've heard. Uh, and this was Saturday and heard the same thing Monday. We're taping this Tuesday, like Baker and Patkey aren't being forced out. Um, things could change. Yeah. Opportunities could arise for those guys at other programs. You know, everyone wants here wants to fire Blake Baker, but some other school could come and absolutely offer him a, a defensive coordinator position. Look, man, if you watch the college football playoff game on Monday night, people give up points. Uh, so, you know, he maybe another opportunity rises, but right now I think that uh, both those guys are staying. And I, I guess I, what I should really point out is look for everyone thinking that Manny is going to change or bring in another defensive coordinator. I, I, I don't think he's going to change his scheme. So he would have to bring in a guy that's comfortable running what he has ran and I think that would be a little difficult. Yeah, and I've also kind of heard I've I've kind of been on the the Blake Baker roller coaster, right? In terms of I could see either way, um, but you know, since probably uh, T. Rob was announced as being hired, I've been under the impression that Blake Baker is going to return. Um, so yeah, I I don't think there's going to be any change there. I didn't really dig honestly on Jonathan Packey just because I kind of expect him to return anyways um can I fire this in there on, on Jonathan Packey yeah <laughs> do you really think you could dismiss a special teams coach that had a Lou Groza award winner um what was Feely or not Feely what what, what was uh Lou Headley he was a semifinalist was, right and and he was uh you know on a lot of second he he basically came in second place for the Groza. Um, right. So, yeah, he had the first and, and, place and, and second place. And don't get me wrong. Special teams were an adventure. 
uh, uh, there's there's some some struggles, but there was some some highlights. You know, everyone forgets DJ DJ Ivy had that blocked kick return for a touchdown against against Clemson. But my point is, look, they're gonna fire Patty. Who's gonna come run the special teams if that's if that's the precedent you set? Like, right. And I think the other thing that needs to be mentioned with both Patkey and Baker is like, these guys still have years left on their contracts. Like if you're terminating them, you're, you're paying them out. Um, So I think that's, I mean, I I don't know Patkey's contract, but I do believe Baker has at least another year on his deal. So um, I think that needs to be taken into account when discussing staff changes and all that. Where do you stand on? Okay, I'll just say this with Jess Simpson, and I, this is just me speculating. I don't know anything. I'm not reporting anything, but um, you know, seeing Dan Quinn's name pop up as being uh, interviewed for the defensive coordinator job with the Dallas Cowboys does make me wonder. Like, would would you know? Could that NFL situation happen again if, if Miami is pursuing Jess Simpson? So. Again, that's just me speculating. I'm, I, I, I have that perks my ears up to see Dan Quinn. I mean, obviously he's going to be a defensive coordinator somewhere, probably. But um, you know that connection there, because obviously Dan Quinn hired Jess Simpson with the Falcons. Right. Um, but let me ask you this: Are you a fan of the Jess Simpson hire? If if that's the way Miami goes on the defensive line. So. I'm going to fire two points in here. I know a lot of Miami fans will be quick to point out that they don't think Jess is that strong of a recruiter, which is probably true. Um, But man, like I think I I get that it's a very loaded 2022 defensive line class in the state of Florida. I think that almost plays in your hand. If you're Jess Simpson, like Miami's going to get some of these guys, like regardless. Okay. Like I, I could be coaching the defensive line and I think, you know, they're going to guys are going to come. I mean, Leonard Taylor went to Miami because it's Miami. He didn't go to Miami because of Todd Stroud. Like, yeah, sure. You want the best recruiter possible, but like, look, you're not going to get all of them. I think you're going to get some of them as is. And I think my, to what also I know people like about Jess Simpson or more people, more importantly, the people that make decisions at Miami is they think he's a really, really good developer of defensive lineman and teacher. And I think maybe, even better than what Todd Stroud has done. So I, I get it. I'm for it. You know, my A plus hire that I stamp my approval on would have been Charlie Partridge or some other guys out there, but I don't think there's any, any drop off with Jess Simpson. And I think when Jess first arrived at Miami, he was a little bit of a deer in the headlight, hadn't coached on that, on that stage. And now he's coming back, having coached a college season, have been in the NFL, like, if he's interested in this job, he knows what he's getting into. So right. I, I think he would be, I, I don't know if he's an upgrade over Todd Stroud, but I, I, I'm, I, it would make sense, I guess is what I would, what I would say. So let's say, um, so we know T Rob's in the boat, right? He's, he's the secondary coach. Let's say hypothetically Miami closes out this, this staff with hiring De- DeMarcus Van Dyke as a corner slash recruiter. Uh, and Jess Simpson as a defensive line coach. How does this staff compare to last year's staff, in your opinion? Uh, better, same, worse? And, you know, if better or worse, in what way do you feel that? Can I go like same? <laughs> sure. I mean, what do you think? I think it would, 
Okay, I think it'd be an up. You're upgrading on the uh, you you upgrade on your defensive line coaching. You know the the linebacker striker thing that's washed. You have the same two coaches there, and the secondary. I I don't. I'd be hard. It'd be hard for me to argue that Banda and T or Banda or T Rob and DVD are better teachers than Banda and Rumpf. But I I think you absolutely are upgrading that recruiting that side of the ball. Yes you know immensely so that's how i would view it so just basically the same i guess yeah i mean i think i i agree like jess simpson probably a better developer and the i would say specifically the cornerback recruiting which needed to be upgraded needed to change uh, is going to be better with this coaching staff this hypothetical coaching staff so um you know it's kind of it, it, it does make important changes. Um, but yeah, it's not in, in my mind, it's not like a huge, huge difference maker, uh, change. I, I do think T Rob is going to go out and land better quality corners, which, you know, can be extremely impactful. And I do think Demarcus Van Dyke is going to help them even more on the recruiting trail. So, uh, I am a big, I am a big believer in, um, you know, recruiting matters a ton in, in terms of when you're hiring new coaches, what can they do on the recruiting trail? And I think this staff does upgrade that. Now I agree, like Efrem Banda was a good recruiter, um, but I think the combination of, of Travaris Robinson and Demarcus Van Dyke is a net positive when it comes to recruiting uh, secondary, you know, guys in the secondary. So um, you know, overall, I think it's, it's a solid offseason move. Travaris Robinson, I think, is a perfect hire by Manny Diaz. So um, no complaints there. Uh, this isn't in the, in the script, but we are, we are going to take a break soon. One, one other thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, DVD's gone. Uh, you lost some analysts. Is there any names on there that you think would be Miami should target for off-field roles? Um, you know, to be a co-recruiter or a, what, what is, what was DVD's title? I think he was assistant. Yeah. Assistant director of recruiting. You know, I I don't know specific names, but I do think like someone like, like DeMarcus, someone that obviously has a ton of local ties, because I do think that gave Miami a leg up on the recruiting trail, particularly during this weird uh, COVID year. Um, So you know, do I have any like slam dunk names that I would uh, throw out there? No, um, but I do think a guy like Demarcus Van Dyke makes a ton of sense. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, man, you texted me an idea. I put you on the spot here, and you, <laughs> then you clam up. Um, I got three names for you. Okay, three names. Uh, Ishmael Aristed. Is that is that how you say it? I think it's either that or Aristide. I don't. Aristide. I don't remember. Okay. Well, for those unfamiliar, some people are probably know who I'm talking about. He is a defensive analyst at Texas A&M. He is one of the main reasons why the Aggies have had some success in South Florida recently. I believe his father is the principal at, at either Miami Northwestern or Miami Central. You know, I would give him a call, try to get him somewhere in here. Uh, two others, Dallas Crawford, 
who was a, a, yeah. a GA for Miami. He's now helping out at, at Lehigh Acres. You know, I think he, mm-hmm. he can make sense. He's someone that's plugged in. And, and then the last ones that you mentioned to me is Demetrius Jackson, the former um, yeah. defensive lineman for Miami, who is he the head coach at Hialeah American right now? Last I heard he was. I don't know if that's still the case. But yeah. And, and the reason why I texted that is because, you know, you mentioned it's such a great uh, cycle for 2022 defensive linemen. And so he could kind of aid whoever Miami hires as their defensive line coach and helping recruit uh, this, this strong local class of defensive linemen. So that was my, my line of thinking there. I like it. I like it. All right. Take a quick break on the other side. We will get into Tyreek Stevenson. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, David, the day has come uh, a couple hours before the national championship on Monday. It was reported that former five-star recruit Tyreek Stevenson has entered his name in the transfer portal Stevenson appeared in 24 career games for the Bulldogs over the past two years, made four starts, got snaps in a lot of spots in the secondary, but was primarily a slot corner for the Bulldogs. Uh, All signs are pointing to Miami likely being the landing spot for uh, the former Miami Southridge product. Yeah. And that's a big get, right? I mean, you mentioned he was essential. like, I think he was essentially like the striker for the Georgia defense. Um, but, but the expectation would be at Miami, he would start off as a wide corner, right? So he would push DJ Ivy, Al Blades to Corey Couch for playing time on the outside. Correct. I, I think so. I mean, look, Miami needs corners and, you could make the case that that Stevenson is is more safety than he is corner, but I think you could play him in the slot and put maybe these guys who are a little bit more fluid and quicker on the outside. Like I think that's that's a realistic scenario, right? I think that's realistic. I do think there is, like I agree, like a change of direction for Tyreek is not. Uh, I guess I would say ideal for, for being an outside corner on an Island. But I think if he is, I think there is a path for him uh, to succeed as an outside corner. I think, uh, you know, if if he's able to play bump and run, if he's able to get his hands on, on receivers and jam them up, he can certainly play as an outside corner. I think at the high school level, 
he showed the the speed to play there, the long speed. Um, you know, I think he clocked a four four nine. Yeah, uh, I was laser say, time. Yeah, he's got 200 pounds, right? Yeah, he's got good testing. It's not like he's not quick. I just think no, but the change of direction isn't ideal for yeah. you know. I I agree with your assessment. Like I think he is more safety, um, but do I? I personally do believe he can be a, a he is a better corner than DJ Ivy or Al Blades. Um, so in that regard. I'm totally fine with putting him out there. And I think he would be an upgrade at the position. I mean, the bottom line is he's an incredible player and would, would upgrade the secondary wherever they decide to put him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much Georgia football listeners on this podcast have watched, but in the Chick-fil-A peach bowl, he had pretty much the play of the game for the bulldogs. Uh, He got the start at corner in that, in that uh, bowl game. And it was late in the fourth quarter. He was, I think he was man-to-man or, or some guy was yep. in his zone, realized that a, another receiver was breaking free, comes off his guy and bats up a pass to essentially seal the deal. Um, and from what I heard, I, I kind of teased this and, and wrote it, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Look, Miami thinks they lack kind of confidence in the secondary right. or guys that think they are the quote-unquote like not shit, but like dudes, like guys that don't care. They're going to talk trash that are just going to play with, I hate Confidence. the word. Yeah. I hate the word swag, but like, you know, someone that's going to be a personality in, in the back end. And they think Bubba Bolden has that to a degree, but they, that he's really the only one. And Tyreek is absolutely that in terms of just having a vocal pre- presence, being confident in what he does. So um, that's why I also think it would be huge if Miami could get him just with what he brings to the table um, from a personality wise. So just wanted to toss that out there as well. And I think it's worth pointing out too, um, you know, a big reason why he was essentially playing striker uh, for Georgia is because they, they had talented guys at corner. So they had Eric Stokes, who I think is going to probably be a day two pick second or third round, and then Tyson Campbell, who has a chance to be a a first round pick because of his elite uh, physical tools. And, you know, the understanding of uh, Dogs 24-7 insider Rusty Mansell, he he wrote that that it was his understanding that Tyreek Stevenson, they were expecting him to be uh, an outside corner for Georgia's defense in 2021. So, um, you know, they, they thought, I guess, going into this offseason that he would fill that void um, that the two guys I mentioned earlier are going to leave with their NFL draft futures. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, I, I think it is saying worth saying that he can play as an outside corner. But again, I think you and I both agree he's probably ideally like I think in the NFL, he's probably right. going to end up playing safety. Right, 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 right. right. Which is fine. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't, I guess I don't want people that have never seen Tyreek before thinking he's some lockdown corner, right. I guess, if that, if that, like a Jeff Okuda or, or something crazy like that. Right, right. So, but yeah, he, I agree. Like he, he improves the mentality of that, of that room. And honestly, you know, just dropping him into that, that cornerback room, you know, hopefully improves the play of, DJ Ivy and Al Blades, who 
you know, I think would benefit as well from being pushed from someone who is going to come for their jobs. Right. Yeah. So, um, it, it guess, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we got to say no decision has been made by Tyreek, uh, just 12 right. PM on, on Tuesday, but again, I have written it. Everyone else has written it. Like all signs are pointing to Miami and I've will kind of refresh everyone on that recruitment. Um, Miami was absolutely in it. You know, Tyreek took officials to Florida, Auburn, uh, Miami, Georgia, but really in, in, in the 11th hour, it was a Miami, uh, Georgia battle and Manny Diaz had left to take the head coaching job at Temple. There's some people that believe that's kind of what swayed Tyreek to Georgia. And then all of a sudden Manny uh, became the head coach at Miami once Mark Richt retired. Uh, and for those that aren't, can't really remember the timeline, Tyreek announced at the all American bowl, but he had already signed paperwork with Georgia. So it didn't even really matter but he is and has always thought very highly of Manny Diaz. So that's why it even makes even more sense for him to return back home and, and play for Manny. So after the early signing period, uh, Miami had three counters left. And, and I think the hope was from, from Miami's perspective was that they would land a edge rusher in the transfer portal, which they did with DeAndre Johnson from Tennessee, uh, a corner which, you know, they are in position to potentially do with Tyreek Stevenson. And then I think uh, a wide receiver one, uh, you know, a definite go-to wide receiver was, was the hope for the third spot. So let's just say hypothetically Tyreek Stevenson does end up uh, coming to Miami. What do you think Miami would do with that one remaining counter? Will they be patient Will they focus on like best player available? Will they leave it to a high school guy in February? What, what would be your read on that? Well, I mean, you could go after a high school guy <laughs> in the secondary right. now, now that you got T-Rob. Uh, I think it would probably go to best available. Look, it's January 12th. I don't think Miami starts their semester because COVID-19 has pushed everything back until what, the 21st? Last day to register is February 2nd. Right. I, I don't know how accurate these are. I'm, I'm sure. I some, think that is correct. Some it's February. Yeah. Some students going to be like, this guy is completely off. But <laughs> those lines, something along those lines. And so Miami's got a few weeks. And like, if you follow the 24-7 sports transfer portal tracker, like right. the names that go in are kind of interesting. Since we hit tape on this podcast, like two South Florida, two South Florida guys have entered. Uh, one is a, a corner that's at Ohio from Coral Gables, three-year contributor. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's a guy, but, and then, then Robert Hicks, who's a former Miami central linebacker that's at Louisville. Like it's just, there's guys always going in. So I, I think you would lean towards wide receiver and, and, and then maybe look at your premium positions like defensive end, like those guys would get first priority, but Right. You know, I, you just see what you can get. Wanye Morris, the offensive lineman from Tennessee, isn't he in the portal? Yes. You know, why he's, he's worth a look as well. So I, I think it would still go to a veteran guy, a guy you can get in for spring football and, and premium positions would get a priority. But uh, the biggest need in my eyes is, is still a elite wide receiver one type and I know Charleston Rambo the Oklahoma guys in there I don't think Miami is having 
I don't, I don't know. I don't think Miami has much traction there. So we will see, but you know, who knows which receivers are going to enter. Right. I agree. Wide receiver one, you know, it has to be a difference maker, right? Can't just be a guy, but if Miami did land a difference maker at wide receiver, it would just open up the offense so much. I think in 2021, uh, you know, I think teams would not be able to stack the box uh, against Miami's run game, uh, which we saw over and over and over again during the 2020 season, they'd have to respect that threat on the outside. So Again, who knows if, if that type of player will enter the portal. Uh, but if he did, I would expect Miami to make a significant move on that type of player. You know, another guy that in big time player in the portal that I think is intriguing is Big Cat Bryant, an Auburn defensive end. Um, Auburn, you know, just Miami, had a, Auburn just had a corner in her too that's played a bunch of games. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that one remaining spot does get used. Um, but of course, I, I mean, Miami is going to use it. They need to use that spot however they can. Um, transitioning to, you know, big, big news with the team uh, that happened, what was it, Sunday, I think. Uh, senior wide receiver Mike Harley um, announced he was going to come back, exercise his uh, remaining eligibility uh, with this free year from 2020. He's coming back in 2021. I think this is a bigger deal than it is getting credit for Andrew. Um, you know, if, if you really take a step back and look at the numbers Mike Harley put up uh, in 2020, he, he's had one of the better seasons, honestly, of the last decade by any Miami receiver. Um, and, and if you look at how the production came, most of it was in the second half of the season. I think over the, the final five or six games, he was averaging over a hundred yards per game and I believe a touchdown per game. So he and he and Derek King really uh, had a nice chemistry going during the second half of the season. And I think that's only going to continue into 2021. What, what was your thoughts on, on his announcement that he's coming back? It's huge. Uh, everyone knows... <laughs> or there's a lot of takes and opinions about Miami's current receiver room. I mean, remove Mike Harley from it. Uh, and right. let's assume they don't get a graduate transfer. It's looking pretty bleak heading into next season. So no, you're absolutely right. I think it makes sense for Mike Harley. And yes. uh, why can't he be the James Prochet uh, right. of the offense next year in, in terms of what, Rhett Lashley got out of him. I, I can't remember what round Prochet went in, but he caught a ton of balls and he, he made it on, on, on with the Baltimore Ravens. So, no, it's big. Uh, another thing to, keep, to remember as well is Miami thought that some of their freshmen or, or signees were going to be able to enroll early, Romello Brenson, Brashard Smith, and, and Jacoby George. Now that's kind of up in the air. Um, I saw Jacoby on Saturday at a seven-on-seven -seven tryout told me that he's awaiting a test score. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's big because he, he's a veteran presence and we know how much um, of a struggle it's been in that, in that wide receiver room. And an interesting storyline to follow with him is, uh, you know, because he is, he is going to be around for so long at Miami, He's going to have, uh, if he goes out and has a, a highly productive season in 2021, he's going to 
have a chance to be uh, Miami's all-time career uh, leading receiver. So I think he's about 900 or so yards, 900 and change behind Santana Moss. And I think he is, you know, between 50 and 60 receptions behind Reggie Wayne uh, for the the all-time career leader in receptions at the school. So, um, you know, he's definitely got some big goals he, he could shoot for and, uh, you know, leave at the top of the record books at, in Miami history, which, you know, of course, we all know the, the tradition Miami has with, with producing big-time receivers. That's, that's no small thing to overlook. Yeah, just a report coming across the timeline. Kevin Steele, Auburn's defensive coordinator, set to join Tennessee staff, according to Chris Lowe of ESPN. So I know he's a name that a lot of Miami fans yeah. are <laughs> – thought could end up in, in Coral Gables. Uh, anything awesome else, David? Uh, I think that's it. You know, we're all just gonna, we're gonna wait and see. Uh, we'll find out when Miami makes their hires official. Uh, hopefully it's, it's in the next 24, 48 hours and uh, we can put this never ending 2020 season behind us. Uh, but anyways, I think that's all we got. And then we're gonna we're going to roll into seven-on-seven seven season here pretty soon. Uh, get some eyes on recruits, so that'll be fun. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. We will talk to you later. Take care.